Welcome to God is Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we are going to be exploring the idea of proof text trumping. And proof text trumping is in which uh, you're, you're talking about a text, you're talking about a specific passage, and you might be talking about, maybe, maybe it's Genesis 6, and you say, oh look, here's God, and he looks, and he sees the wickedness of man, he repents, he says he repents, the narrator says he repents, and this repentance stirs him to action, and the action is destroying all the people which he has previously seen in the text become wicked. And so the entire narrative is built on this uh, cascading series of events that all work together and read like a historical narrative. What's going on there is God is seeing, responding, even repenting of his own previous actions. This is, this is meant to be taken as, as a historical narrative of what's going on there, and that, that's what it reads like. It's, there's no room for God's outside of time. God knows the future, uh, every single detail of it. That, that wasn't in the mind of the writer of Genesis. And you see that how it plays out. If you remove those elements, if you make it that God's outside of time, that God knows the entire future, or that God controls everything, the narrative just falls apart. It doesn't make sense on its own. And so you, you'll talk about that. You'll bring, bring in uh, reading comprehension. You'll bring in textual analysis. You'll talk about narrative structure. And they'll respond with, well, what about Malachi 3? It says, God does not change. Checkmate. <laughs> Checkmate. Right? So they want to, instead of talking about the context and meaning of a text. They want to just override all of that with an unrelated verse somewhere else that has nothing to do with this text that you're currently discussing, and they want this one to override everything that was just said. It's, it's this whataboutism. It's, this, uh, it's a verse trumping, where you take one verse to override the meaning of another. This is different than trying to bring in something that illustrates or clarifies. Maybe if there's an idiom that's used in the Bible, and it's used consistently through the Bible, or even a couple places, you might say, well, the language here says this, and over here it says pretty much the same thing, but look how it's used in context over here. That, that could be what's happening over here in our first instance. You see how that's clarifying. So you can bring in other texts to clarify meaning, to draw parallels and illustrations, but trying to use uh, one text that has nothing to do with the text you're talking about in order to override everything that's being said in that text, that's an invalid way of doing theology. So we're going to listen today to this uh, Coltane guy, and he's a secular guy, and he's part of this uh, men going their own way movement, and this is a movement of guys who think that uh, they'll just do everything for themselves, and... Uh, um, they don't want to get married or have kids or whatever. I don't know. I, I like kids. So, Coltane, uh, have fun with that. Um, you could go do your own thing. More power to you. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll do my thing, and uh, we'll both be happy. It'll work. But he's a logical guy. He's a rational guy. And he talks about this uh, tendency of people who disagree with him to, to appeal to irrelevant facts and thinking those, that, those facts just override everything. All the data he's presented, all the evidence he's discussed, and all those things don't mean anything because someone has their one piece of data. And often when you turn to that data, you turn to Malachi 3. What is the context of Malachi 3? The context of Malachi 3 is God responding to Israel, changing. <laughs> and, and the end part of Malachi 3, this is the funniest part, uh, God literally makes a list of the righteous 
such that on the day of the Lord, when the wicked are being punished, that the righteous are going to get their just due. They're not going to be accidentally punished on the day of the Lord. What? How does that work with uh, God foreknowing everything or having all information at the forefront of his mind uh, all the time? You know, that's, that's a common view of omniscience where God has all facts at the forefront of his mind at all times. God doesn't have to remember stuff. Like, like uh, in, in the Genesis narrative we're talking about, God remembers Noah when Noah's on the waters. And uh, God hears Israel uh, during uh, their slavery in Egypt. He hears their prayers. He hears their cries. He hears the cries from Sodom. He hears the cries from, from uh, Nineveh. Uh, you know, it's, it's a common theme throughout the Bible that God, it, things are brought to God's attention, but this is dismissed with this, this whole proof texting where you try to use, oh, God doesn't change. And so God must have all these elements. And you turn to their proof text, has nothing about that. So let's listen to Coltane and we'll hear his frustrations. And then he'll give us some practical advice on how to deal with these types of people who would like to do whataboutism or, in our context, verse trumping rather than dealing with the actual text. But I do have to wonder about the general quality of most criticism I see. So much of it boils down to what I like to call whataboutism. It doesn't address any of the points raised in the video. It doesn't bring any great new insights to the topic. It doesn't even seem to be true once the actual evidence is examined. It's just, what about X? As if X, with no further explanation, is a magical catch-all argument that somehow negates every other aspect of the subject being discussed. What about the British A-levels? Yeah, what about them? Going over the numbers is somewhat interesting, but it really shouldn't take a genius to immediately recognize the problem with averaging female arts and drama grades against male physics and maths grades. In a discussion about general intelligence, these higher female A-levels don't mean and when some of these academically lazy soft subjects are scrapped, surprise, boys take the lead. Simply blurting out A-levels doesn't counter or disprove a thing that was said in that video. And so his video was a video about IQ and men having higher IQ than women. And we talked about in this program before the bell curve, how men uh, overwhelmingly occupy a steeper or a less steep bell curve. And w women occupy more of the middle, the averages of the IQ bell curve. And this, this is uh, statistics. This, you could get this through IQ testing. You could get this through SAT testing. It, standardized tests will show this evidence to be true. And so he's venting his frustration at people who just deny this basic evidence, these basic facts, and come back at him with these little snippets that they think just <laughs> disproves everything. These are all undoubtedly stupid, ill-conceived arguments, but whenever I engage with these types of people, it turns out that it's not necessarily stupid people making them. I mean, they're absolutely wrong as but they do seem to have the brains and tenacity to continue arguing their wrongest points to the last breath. I think the problem is ultimately more about ideology and ego than it is about honest appraisal of the facts. If I had to describe it, 
I would say it's a secular God of the gaps position. This kind of whataboutism is basically a desperate attempt to find any gap in the evidence they can to shoehorn their current belief system in and maintain their status quo position. So hear what he's saying there. He's saying this uh, verse trumping, this whataboutism is a desperate attempt because they can't deal with the evidence at hand. So they have to dismiss the evidence in some sort of uh, way. They have to build a mental construct by which they can say, oh, that evidence doesn't matter. I can still hold on to my beliefs. This is a, this is a feature of cognitive dissonance where uh, people invent mechanisms to cope with evidence that doesn't fit the framework which they operate in. I mean, just look at this guy. Checkmate, bigots. Honestly, think about that for a second. What kind of guy would unironically write that in his very first single sentence comment about girls on average doing better at the A-levels? Well, I would guess a guy whose mind is already made up and thinks he's won an argument without actually addressing any of the points that were brought up in the video he's commenting on and without any corroborating evidence to show how this A-level performance is actually calculated. I mean, this guy doesn't give that even a cursory assessment of the A-levels shows massive gender disparities across academically rigorous and academically lazy subjects, which renders it completely useless for coherently assessing general intelligence between the genders. He doesn't care because in his head, he has already won the battle and the war before it even started. This one little factoid he's desperately clinging to, which ironically commits the exact same fallacy as the long-debunked gender pay gap, th this little factoid is his god of the gaps that somehow invalidates literally everything else that we know about male versus female intelligence. IQ results, gender participation in mentally rigorous STEM fields, patent filings, eSports, and even other more rigorous student assessments like the SATs, which unlike the A-levels, don't skew their results by including grades from drama class. But he's got his one little factoid that he's sticking to, which in his head proves that he's right and the whole rest of reality is wrong. You know, if the world's round, then how come I don't roll down the side and fall off into space? Checkmate, Galileo. I guess the real question is, though, what do you do about these people and how do you adequately address their whataboutisms? The way I see it, it's kind of an economic trap. These whataboutisms are seemingly simple, often only a sentence long, but ultimately take way, way more than a single sentence to unravel and address point by point. And it usually results in a completely fruitless exchange anyway. Very few disagreements are ever actually resolved, especially when you're talking with disingenuous ideologues who've already made up their mind no matter what. And we've talked about shotgun proof texting in this program before where a Calvinist or whoever will throw out like 20 different verses and they'll just pretend all those verses mean what they say. And of course, my strategy is to say, okay, we're going to deal with the first proof text there. If that doesn't say what you just said it said it says, then we'll just take it for granted that the rest of them don't either because uh, you're not being an honest proof texter. If, you're, if your very first proof text, the one that should be the strongest proof text, if that doesn't say what you want it to say, that you're claiming it says, you know, all your other proof texts are wrong too. So, so don't waste your time going to every single proof text. They're not honest people. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to sap your time and waste all your time. 
at dealing with those. And they want to present this false picture that they actually know the Bible, they're quoting the Bible, they understand the Bible, and it's false. And all you have to do to show it's false is just go over the one of the proof texts, the first one. And in, in that sense, in that way, you also show that you're not cherry picking. You're, you're picking their first one, the one they chose to lead with, and then covering that, it shows not only are you not cherry picking their weakest evidence, but uh, they're the ones who are just assuming everything onto the Bible. And they're the ones who don't understand the Bible. They're the ones who don't understand what they're doing. But let's hear this uh, Coltane guy and see what he says to do about these whataboutisms. You may just be thinking, why even bother with these people? And if I'm being honest, I can't help it. Sometimes sanctimonious retards like this just get under my skin. And, you know, that's my own fault for losing my cool and wasting time on them. But frankly, as long as you're putting any ideas out into the public space, I'm not sure you can actually avoid these people because these kind of retards actually seem to represent the majority of critical discourse. It really struck me while I was watching the Jordan peterson Kathy Newman debate. The unfortunate fact is that if Peterson wants to get on national television and lay out the scientific facts of human behavioural biology, that invariably necessitates dealing with a television host like Kathy Newman or someone else just like her. Now, to be fair, I think Peterson did the best he could with what he was dealt, but it kind of highlights why I don't like debates and why I think they are just a really terrible platform for exchanging or challenging ideas. Put yourself into Peterson's shoes. You're in the middle of explaining some trait about human nature, like the scientifically observable gender differences in agreeableness, one of the five-factor personality traits. And Newman interrupts saying, well, that's a bit of a generalization. Yes, yes, Kathy, it is a generalization, but in this case, the generalization was accurate. What Peterson was saying was scientifically correct. But seriously, what is he actually supposed to do in that situation? He's got two options as far as I can see. He can either let that complaint slide, which is what he did, or he can let the debate get derailed by spending 20 minutes trying to explain how statistics and peer-reviewed science works to a woman who clearly has zero interest in scientific accuracy and ultimately objected to what he was saying on the basis of feelings rather than facts anyway. So anyways, he doesn't have any real solid advice. I would stick to my advice of if they're doing these shotgun proof texting, deal with the first proof text, show it doesn't mean what they say, and say, you can't be quoting any more proof texts like that. You're, you're done. We have shown that you're dishonest. You're not quoting accurately. Now deal with the text that we're supposed to be dealing with. Get them back on track. And, and don't, ah, oh, the Will Duffy-Matt Slick debate. Matt Slick always wanted to go off and waste time about non-issues rather than debating the real issues. And it's this bad strategy you can't let people do. And you can't fall into that trap. You can't be suckered into talking about non-issues and you're, and you're 18 posts deep. You're wasting all your time talking about these non-issues. you got to refocus them to the point of the discussion. You have to say all that stuff that you're saying is irrelevant. Has, has no bearing on this. And another thing you can do if they start doing that, just say, for the sake of this conversation, I'll just pretend that that verse means what you want it to mean. So what? What's your point? Make your point. 
And if they don't have a point, you know, that, then they're they're just trying to derail the whole conversation. And you could you could stop them dead in their tracks there too. They won't know what to do if you say, "I'm going to join your fantasy world," and that verse means whatever you think it means. I'm in your fantasy world. Shoot, what's your point? They won't know what to do. They don't know how to do with that. They want to argue about that verse rather than the actual argument going on. Anyways, so I hope that was uh, interesting to you guys, this uh, Coltane guy, this uh, men going their own way person. He's he's not, not a friend of Christianity, and uh, he has some interesting ideas. I think he's a rational person, so that's why I like some of his videos, but... Uh, yeah, give them a listen if you care about that sort of stuff. There are implications, and it's not just us dealing with Calvinists that uh, experience these types of things that are germane. This proof texting, this verse trumping, this, this shotgun proof texting, this lack of intellectual rigor, this lack of uh, scholarly attitude, this uh, popular appeals to uh, pop culture in these... <laughs> Ah, it's bad. It's bad. So I feel your pain, Coltane. I feel your pain. If you have any questions or comments on this podcast, please send that to GodIsOpenQuestions at gmail.com or start a thread on this YouTube video on the God is Open Facebook page. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 